You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Twenty-nine other MLB clubs. Two-two pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back, gone for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Beat on. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Welcome back to A's Cast Live. It has been a while, and I can tell you, we have missed you. We've been chosen to get back on the air. Why? Well, because this is a great time for A's baseball. The A's are in first place. The A's are cruising. The A's are now going to be in Houston, Texas. And the sprint to the finish line. Folks, it is on. <laughs> it is on like Donkey Kong, as they like to say back in the day. There's 28 games left. That's it. This is going to be game 33, and we are going to play this game. I'm not sure if we're going to get it in tomorrow. Um, you know, we're not going to ignore it. There are a lot of things going on in our country right now, from a pandemic Social injustice. We got a hurricane going through the country. There's a lot of stuff going on. And we understand here at A's Cast and A's Cast Live that our job has been and will continue to be that of a distraction for you baseball fans and you A's fans. And I say baseball fans because we're a baseball show. Yeah, we're A's cast live, but we cover Major League Baseball as good or better than anybody in the business. Look at our guest list today. It's incredible. Buster Olney is going to join us here at 315. Is anybody bigger than him media-wise in the game with his 1.3 million followers on Twitter and what he does for ESPN and has the number one non-team podcast? You get how I say non-team because the team with the number one podcast is your Oakland Athletics and is A's cast as we are number one in baseball. But baseball tonight with Buster only is second to none. He'll be here at 315. Your manager, Bob Melvin, will be here at 330. The general manager, general manager show with David Force will be here at 4 o'clock. Jeff Blum, our buddy, Blummer, World Series hero, Cal Bear and broadcaster for the Houston Astros will be here at 4.15. And since we have had no show, you can't go a week without Ray Fossey. How dare anybody think you can go a full week without the face of the franchise? Ray Fossey will be here at 4.30. That will take us up to A's up against the Houston Astros in Houston. There, 
there wasn't a whole lot of talk, and I don't know what's been said in the last couple of hours, but because of how Houston was so, you know, obviously worried about the hurricane, they had to hurry up and get their series going and get the Angels out of town because they didn't know, and you don't truly, you can have your weather, you can have your Dopplers, and you can have all this weather stuff, and you got a good idea of where the hurricane is or a tropical storm is going to make landfall, but obviously things can change. As Houston found out with the last major hurricane down there that did not land in Houston, but didn't go inland, went up to Houston and just sat there and dumped like record amount of water on the fourth largest city in the country. And basically the city was underwater. So they knew that, you know, it'd be better just let, let's get the angels out of here and hunker down. And luckily for them, they did not get the hurricane whatsoever. It's basically the hurricane hit, uh, which would be the border of Texas and Louisiana. So they really haven't had their time to, if they want to protest and not play a game. To where a lot of teams have made that decision in Major League Baseball. So we went into today thinking, is this the day that they're going to say they're not going to play? We have not heard that. Let's bring in Commander Cody, the producer of this fine show. Uh, Cody, how are you? First of all, it's been a while since we've heard your voice here on A's Cast Live. I'm doing well, Tony. Uh, it's great to be back on the air. And, you know, a lot's gone on the last few days. But you're right about the Astros and, and that they haven't had the opportunity to to protest the game. And, and that and I haven't seen anything going around yet today that it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen today. Because today's Jackie Robinson Day, which is usually April 15th, but they're celebrating it today, which is a great thing in Major League Baseball. So August 28th of 2020, we're celebrating Jackie Robinson Day. I don't see it happening today, but you never know over the weekend. Maybe the Astros players talk with Dusty Baker, the manager, and they say, hey, you know, we feel like we should sit out. And, you know, the A's are going to, you know, side with them with Tony Kemp and Marcus Simeon and Marcus Jensen. And, and I was on the – I listened to them talk with David Forrest and Bob Melvin yesterday and the rest of the Bay Area media. So – uh, I haven't seen anything about a potential sit-out yet, but you never know things change fluidly uh, anymore, especially on social media. Well, yeah, I mean, we, I don't know about today. I'm not going to be shocked if it's tomorrow for the Houston Astros because you make a very good point because on a day that you honor Jackie Robinson and everybody wears 42 uh, to boycott a game may not be the right move, but it's not. I'm not a player. I'm not with the Houston Astros organization, so I'm not going to tell them what they should do and how they should do it. How they run their organization is their right. And, you know, most organizations, and this is just not, you know, it's happened in the NBA. It's happened in soccer. It's happened in different sports. And, and we'll support whatever they want to do. But it looks like as of today, we are going to be playing. And, oh, yeah, it's a big deal. This is the series. This is what, I mean, here we are. It's the Astros and it's the A's for this division. The A's lead the Astros by four and a half. Can the Astros get back into this thing with, with, a, with a nice series? 
or do the A's lengthen their lead? Let's face it, Seattle's nine and a half games back. Texas is 10 back. Angels are 12 back. And there's 28 games to play. That's a lot that you have to make up. I mean, basically for the Mariners, the Rangers, or the Angels to be in this thing, you're talking about the A's and the Astros would have to totally implode with this little amount uh, of time left. And that's not happening. So you've got this series. And after this, the Athletics are going to go to Seattle. Then they're going to come home and take on the Padres. And then they have the Astros again. You want to bury the Astros? Here's your opportunity. And the way that this series has worked over the last couple of years, there's a, a, a reversal here in what we're talking about between these two franchises. Because the Astros have been the big boys on the block. They're the ones that have been to the World Series. They're the ones that have won the World Series. Whether they cheated or not, they won the World Series. They've been to the World Series twice. They're perennial playoff contenders. They have been the team everybody's been hunting. But all of a sudden here in 2020, and all the injuries that they have, and all the issues that they have, and the issues with the mental side that certain guys have struggled with, that their broadcast, their broadcasters have admitted to us, the hunter is now the hunted. And that's the ace. The A's were the hunter. The A's were the ones always trying to track down the Astros. It's a whole different deal now. They're now the top dog. Now everybody is coming after them. And they've handled it really, really well. All you got to do is look at the standings. And the standings tell you everything you need to know about the A's. They're 22-10. and They've won two in a row. Their run differential is plus 41. They have been fantastic at home. They have been good on the road. And they haven't fired on all cylinders. The one thing they have had, though, that we cannot say enough about, bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. I've been talking about it in the postgame show, the A's Clubhouse show. A 1.88 ERA is the best ERA in all of baseball. 10 and 2 with a 1.88 ERA and 13 saves. That has been the strength of the team. Defense, phenomenal. Power, very good. Making a lot of contact, eh, not so hot. A lot of key hits, eh, not so great. Runners in scoring position, eh, we kind of know how that's been going. But that's fine. If you're not firing on all cylinders and you're 22 and 10, 22 and 10, you're the only team in the American League that has 22 wins. That's saying something. According to and base- in baseball, these are good times. As we have baseball entertaining us as we speak, and there's a lot of great stories going on. Look at the Rays. Rays are a game back of Oakland at 21 and 11. The Twins are 20 and 12. White Sox, 
Indians, 19 and 12. There are a lot of good stories, and the playoffs in the American League, and the, you can go down to the National League and do the same thing. But this American League playoff, where you're going to put eight teams in there, it's going to be like a battle royal. Remember the WWF when they used to have the king of the ring and you throw everybody into the ring, all the top stars, and everybody would go after it and try and throw each other out? Like everybody would like team up to try and get Andre the Giant out? That's what these playoffs are going to be like, and I cannot wait. Fangraphs has the A's at 100% chance to make the playoffs right now. They're the Besides the Dodgers, I think they're the only team. If I scroll through real quick, yep, they're the only team to, besides the Dodgers that have a 100% chance to make the playoff, to make the playoffs according to Fangraphs. And they also have them with the third highest percentage to win the World Series behind only the Dodgers. And I believe it's Minnesota of all teams. Uh, so no, they, yeah, Minnesota. So they have higher odds than the Yankees, the Rays. They're playing really well, and they're playing a Houston team that they've won six straight against, a nine and eleven, nine of eleven. And this is a series you're going to see Lance McCullers tonight, and I think Granky tomorrow, and then Framber Valdez, who was supposed to be a reliever for them, but now he's a starter. They, they, you don't know, you can't name half the guys in the Astros rotation or bullpen, but they're all, you know, they're all coming up big for them. Wait till you hear from Jeff Blum from the Astros, where you've had so many guys had to make their major league debut this year. It's even at a point that you, you they have they have had guys pitching for them out of the bullpen who last year were in single A. I mean just think about that. That would be like the A's calling up guys who pitched in Stockton last year and they're now pitching in the big leagues. Unreal. Coming up next here on A's Cast Live, he's one of our favorites. I listen to him every day. His podcast is second to none, Baseball Tonight. His articles on ESPN.com. He, I, from a writer, broadcaster, television, radio, from a guy that does it all, I don't know if there's somebody out there who I like better and have more respect for. Buster Olney is the goods, and he'll join us next right here on A's Cast Live. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Robbie Grossman was on A's Cast Live and explained which former A's switch hitter helped him make adjustments to his swing. I made a couple of adjustments in my swing uh, during spring training. And then uh, when I went home for the quarantine, I continued to work on them. I worked out with Jed Lowry in the offseason and, and the whole time in the quarantine, I got to spend a lot of time with him, picking his brain and hitting with him. He's really uh, instilled some things in my routine that have really um, paid off early for me. Just looking to continue doing those things in my routine and sticking to my plan and uh, continue to, to try to get better. Baseball is a grind. 
the, the only thing you can re- kind of revert to is, is ask guys who've been through it and have done this for a long time, i.e. Jed Lowry, and, and just try to pick their brain and, and see what works and say, hey, when, when this is going wrong, what do I do? Or this is going wrong, what do you do? What do you, what do you look for? What do you try to feel? As someone that's had as much success as Jed, he's really been able to help me on some of the aspects that I was lacking in in previous years. And it's really uh, helped me out and I'm looking forward to continuing to get better at it and continue to build on the early success of that. To hear the full interview and much more, go to athletics.com slash podcast. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous Chicken Pie Dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, earlier today we cut uh, uh, we caught up with our guy Buster Only. Wouldn't you say, Cody? Now, truly one of the great friends of the program. Yeah, I would say Liam and, and Liam and Emo would be our best friends, and then I think Buster's third on that list right now. I mean, he he might have surpassed Hembo because when, when Hembo's forgot about us, he's gotten so big and bought a house. So Buster now the the star of the Baseball Tonight podcast once again. <laughs> Here is our. Our conversation with a guy we have so much respect for. Here's Buster Olney. Well, Buster, we tell our fans every day you got the number one podcast in Major League Baseball. It is a must baseball tonight. And uh, 
through these crazy times. Thank you for what you do because your reporting is always so great. The interviews, you keep us entertained. We still get educated on baseball. And and I know this is the strangest time for all of our careers, but you guys continue to do great work. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, uh, you know, once you get games going to <laughs> – to break away and to be able to have conversations about actual baseball. But, uh, you know, it's like that line from the Godfather. Once, you know, you thought you were out, they keep pulling you back in because you get outbreaks and you got other issues popping up. It's definitely a different year. You know, we talk about all the time on our show, Ace Cast Live, about how we are hanging on by a thread And what is so tough for A's fans right now, Buster, is that this team is so good. I mean, you look at what they have from a pitching standpoint. Right now they have the best bullpen in the game with a 188 ERA. The starters are starting to give you innings. They've got a ton of power. They play great defense. And just every day you're worried if you're going to have a game or not. And it just stinks because this A's team really is so talented. It really is. Um, and I do feel like, you know, as much as we talk about the Yankees and their potential and, I mean, their roster, if they were healthy, how potent that would be. We, you know, you talk about the Twins, a team that won 101 games last year and, you know, how good that team is. And uh, But Oakland, to this point, has been the best team in the American League with, you know, the all-around play that it has. The one thing I'd say, you know, despite all the uncertainty, um, that I think it's pretty clear at this point that regardless of whether or not they have outbreaks or they have to shut down some teams or players opt out, Major League Baseball is plowing ahead. You know, when we started this thing, and I, I spoke very uh, you know, pessimistically about the chances they could get through it, you know, based on my conversations with baseball executives, there was one general manager who said to me, if we get this going, they are, it's going to be damn the torpedoes full speed ahead because the, you know, the pile of cash uh, in the postseason is so important to the owners that no matter what the conditions of the teams, <laughs> no matter what, you know, the, the amount of games they're playing or all that, they're not going to worry about that. They just want to get to the postseason. So I do have some confidence at this point that we're actually going to get to, uh, to baseball playoff base, uh, to uh, playoff baseball. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I know my fan base, um, you know, we we want baseball. We want it on an everyday basis as, you know, we've been hit by so much. I mean, now there's a hurricane, but with the pandemic and I and I know you you've probably been watching on the news, the bad fires all over California, especially here in northern California and, and Buster outside. It looks like it's fog, but it's not. It's actual smoke and it's everywhere. So. It's the release for us every single day. It's so important for our fans who continue to be in lockdown. We got fires just to see baseball every day and to see their A's win. It means so much to my audience. A hundred percent. You know, I've got an aunt who uh, lives in Berkeley and she's been, you know, uh, fearful. And when I talked to her last, we actually had some conversations about that, you know, and, and her, being excited, and it does remind me of that time, you know, right after 9-11 when I was covering the Yankees, um, uh, and, you know, for a lot of people in the city of New York, including those who were, you know, digging down at ground zero, um, it, the, the baseball games were uh, a respite. They were a moment uh, of distraction, a welcome distraction, and it does feel like, geez, there's so much, and you haven't even mentioned the politics, you know, the, the back and forth and the divisiveness there, 
Uh, there's just so much that feels overwhelming, and I agree with you. It's nice to be able to watch a game and, and not think about all that other stuff and just say, man, Matt Chapman has got a cannon. <laughs> or Marcus Simeon, you know, nice player. Or, you know, Ramon Laureano, uh, what a great play, which seems to come just about every day and not have to worry about all that other stuff. Well, and I and I think I mean it's it's crazy, but you know, there's 28 games left for the Athletics, and as this thing, it, you, we talk about an absolute sprint. I am very excited about this postseason because I think a tournament uh, we've never seen something like this before. And you just start looking in the American League alone when you start talking about the Yankees and you start talking about Tampa and you got Minnesota and you got Cleveland and you got the White Sox, you got the A's, you got the Astros. I mean, just the American League, you can look at the National League too, but just in the American League, the fight that's going to be on during the postseason. How are you? How, how excited are you about that? Man, and those best of three series, uh, just before I talked to you, I was talking with the GM of a National League team, and he's like, you look at Cleveland, which might finish third in the American League Central, no one's going to want to face the Indians <laughs> with no. Shane Bieber going, you know, game one in a three-game series. Uh, you know, the White Sox, Lucas Giolito going game one with that great lineup. Uh, the Twins with all their devastation. The Yankees are rolling Garrett Cole. And somebody's going down, right? I mean, somebody who had a lot of expectations is going down. I'm glad for Oakland that that you know that uh, that their entry into the postseason is going to involve more than one game because I while I you know work at ESPN we broadcast the the wild card games in you know in recent years and they always get great ratings. Uh, it's always felt unfair, you know, for the team that gets knocked out, whether it's the Pirates uh, or you know whether it's Oakland in recent years because. You know, that team, the last couple of years, it was a better team than what it showed in the wild card game. So best of three, I think, probably gives them a fair shot. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's going to it's gonna be a lot of fun. And, you know, when I look at baseball going forward, and, you know, so many of these new rules, people are starting to like them. And it was funny. We had the uh, Ford C. Frick Award winner the other day on uh, Eric Nadell, who was like, you know what? I like all of this stuff. I thought I wouldn't like it, but I do. And the intrigue of putting the runner on second base in extra innings, the A's are 5-0 and in these games. Uh, a lot of people are now starting to kind of turn that I've talked to about some of the new rules. How about the people you're talking to? A hundred percent. And it absolutely, I think all of the, you know, the significant rules that you just laid out and universal DH would be in there as well. This is an audition year for all of it. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of momentum in front offices and even among players about truncating some of these really long extra inning games. You know, I, I remember having a conversation with a couple of the Red Sox players the spring after they played that 18 inning world series game, game three. And we, we agreed like, for, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, it's it, it, there were a lot of records broken in that particular game, but the baseball itself was really boring. And baseball needs, I think, uh, you know, a, a juicier product. And so, you know, to put a runner at second base, put pressure on the defense, the opposing pitcher right away, I agree with you that that's a really good thing. And even the seven-inning games and the doubleheaders, which has been in place in the minor leagues for years, um, I feel like, you know, if you told me that in 20 years baseball games were reduced from 9 to 7, I wouldn't be shocked. I remember seven years ago talking with an MLB GM about MLB uh, baseball's effort to reduce the time of game. And, 
he said to me, you know, if they really want to talk about 230, then they ought to just cut the games to seven innings. And people in the game and, you know, old school fans, they lost their minds. Well, it does feel like that's beginning to enter into the conversation. So a week and a half ago, we had David Forrest on. So we have him every single week. We do the David Forrest show. But a week and a half ago, I just I said, David, you know, it's kind of crazy, but, uh, you know, the trading deadline's coming up. And he admitted to us that he finally got a text from another executive, and it kind of stunned him. Like, he had not thought about the trading deadline because everybody's so focused on just – playing games and surviving and keeping everybody healthy that like the A's really hadn't. And and, like, now they're getting into it, but how weird is that? Like a week to two weeks before the trading deadline, front office people really weren't grinding the trading deadline. And all of a sudden now they've got to get on it because it's, it's Monday. It is weird. And it isn't weird because it's 2020 (laughs) because of all the variables that are in play. You know, last week I did a story on, on that very thing, you know, the, the number of variables that are, are you know, being considered in front offices. And, and it would surprise me, but so many of the GMs were saying the number one variable is, is there going to be a vaccine in before the 2021 season, which frames everything for these teams that have lost a lot of money, uh, where, you know, teams are, are looking at it and they're probably going to be owners and say, no, I'm not going to take on uh, that extra $3 million in, in that player because we've already lost a lot of money. You saw the Yankees the other day lay off 150 employees. A GM said to me uh, the other day that in 2020, every dollar counts. And that's why generally what you hear is that the, the feeling is, is that it's going to be a tepid market. There are going to be some players moved. The Indians are apparently very open to offers. It doesn't mean that they're absolutely going to trade him to, for Mike Clevenger. And everyone's watching the Reds over the next few days in terms of what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer because he potentially could be a difference-making pitcher. But beside that, I think a lot of the deals that are going to be made are going to be smaller-type deals because of the, the revenues lost and all the uncertainty about things that include what happens if there are massive outbreaks in mid-September and the sport gets shut down. Imagine if you're the team that made the big investment in Trevor Bauer and two weeks later the, the season stopped. And that all of that is affecting, I think, a, a lot of the trade dis- discourse. You know, we, we've talked about it here on A's Cast Live. You think about how loosey-goosey the A's clubhouse is, and you're allowed to be a personality and a big personality, bringing Trevor Bauer back to California, putting him in the white cleats, and allowing him to be who he is in the Oakland clubhouse. I, I Wouldn't he be a great fit? Wouldn't Trevor Bauer be a great A? He would be a great fit for any team, especially because of the circumstance. You know, we're so close to the postseason. Think about it. You know, the trade deadline, uh, at the end of that, will only be 27 days away from the postseason. Now, uh, in some respects, he's the embodiment of all of these uh, complications for trades this year because in a year in which every dollar counts, he's owed about $3 million for the last month. That's going to scare away some teams. Um, you know, remember this as well. The Reds, uh, if they were to keep him through the end of the year and give him a qualifying offer, then they would get draft pick compensation. Is some team going to step up and pay big return in a prospect package for a player who might get only five or six starts for them? Those are great complications. Now, you know, I, I'm sure 
you know, Trevor, because he's pitching so well, whether it would be Oakland or whether it would be Atlanta or whether it be the Yankees or the Dodgers, uh, on the field, he would be a big help. Let's end on this. All right, let's take out the teams that are in first place. We know we're going to be in a tournament. We know that in a tournament, we've watched it, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, everybody who gets in has a puncher's chance. It's just who can get hot inside this tournament. So let's stay away from all the teams that are leading their divisions. Who's the one team that you look at and you go, if they get in, they'll be scary? The Cleveland Indians. And, in fact, I've had executives with other teams tell me that while we know that the Indians may have been upset with how Mike Clevenger handled his health and safety protocol, which led to them taking him off the roster, the fact is if they keep Clevenger into the postseason with a, you know the improved bullpen that they have, to have Shane Bieber, who's now in the conversation with Garrett Cole and with Jacob DeGrom for best pitcher on the planet, uh, it, starting number one, having Clevenger, you know, having the other guys they have, that they could beat anybody. Like that would be the team that no one would want to face because their pitching is so dominant. Shane Bieber right now is as good as there is in the sport. Um, you know, for me, among the teams not in first place, that would be the team I would not want to play. I download the podcast every day, and I've told you this in the past, whether I'm swimming laps or I'm riding my mountain bike, uh, <laughs> you get me through my, my workouts, and it's always an honor to ha- have you on the program. You're the best in the business. you got the best podcast in the business. Uh, we steal from you all the time because your information is so good. Uh, be well. Be safe. Hopefully we get this thing in, and hopefully we'll be talking soon, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about the A's in the postseason. Exactly. Well, and it's an honor for you to, to, to cast me that way, Chris. I, I really appreciate it. Buster Olney. How about that? I mean, we got a jam-packed show. We got Buster coming up next. We got Bob Melvin, 4 o'clock. We got David Forrest, the GM show. And then we got Jeff Blum, Houston Television, longtime big leaguer, World Series hero, coming up at 4.15, and then Ray Fossey at 4.30. You're going to hear from the A's skipper next right here on A's Cast Live. Hi, this is Ramon Laureano. And the throw is going to be in time at the plate. Laureano firing a strike all the way on the line. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Well, it's been brought up today by Jeff Passan of ESPN and a few others about a bubble-style playoffs for Major League Baseball. We will get into that in just a little bit. But before we do that, we got to get to the skipper. I know it's been a... uh, it's been a weird week, and uh, the schedules have been off, and normally we have Bob earlier in the week, but today was the day he could do it. And, of course, if you're going to listen to the Bob Melvin Show on a weekly basis, there's only one place to get it. That's A's Cast Live and A's Cast. Here is the Bob Melvin Show. Time now for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast Live and on A's Cast, brought to you by nestbetting.com. That's nestbetting.com. You go to their website and use the coupon code Oakland, and you get 10% off your entire order. If you want a great mattress, uh, go to nestbedding.com. Bob, in Houston, how are you? I'm good. You're probably going to have to search for stuff to talk about today, so hopefully (laughs) you've given it some thought. 
You know, I, I think about your players and I know how much your players mean to you and, and sitting at a game for your guys. Uh, I know, I know you, they had your full support and uh, obviously it meant something, uh, meant, meant a lot to your guys. And, and in a time where, you know, most people don't want to hear from players. It's been nice at a time where people now do want to hear how the players feel. Without a doubt. And, and we have some players that are, are well-spoken and, and handled the situation beautifully. You know, we did sit out a game. Uh, the, the first game was difficult in that, you know, what was going on around the league kind of got to us late. It was about a half an hour before the game. And, and you know, we went around and tried to talk to guys as quickly as we could to get their feelings on what they wanted to do. But we weren't able to talk to everybody. And, I, you know, as a group, and individually in small little groups, it, we came to the conclusion, look, let's play tonight and let's talk, you know, after the game as we did right after the game and see what we want to do tomorrow. And I think it was the right thing to do because everybody had a voice and, and we got everybody's perspective. And it was unanimous uh, amongst our team that the next day we wanted to sit out. You know, how much does something like this really help bring these young men together and bond them and make them stronger within each other? Yeah, very much so, even though we have a, fl a close group as is. You know, we have guys that have played together here for a few years now and have won together for a few years now. And one of the strengths of our team is is how close these guys are. But when you get something like this, and I think Tony Kemp said it very well too, you know, he's the new guy here and, and all of a sudden has a big voice and feels comfortable having that type of voice with, within our team just shows you how supportive – uh, you know, the A's players are to not only the guys that they have and in, in, in understanding what we're trying to do, but also new guys coming in and understanding their feelings. So uh, it's a pretty cool group to have. Yeah, the culture inside the clubhouse has been so good. And as you mentioned, Tony Kemp, we recently had him on the program and he just appreciates being here and, and, and loves what he sees. That's just not something you can build it's not something you can say, okay, let's just now have a good culture. Like, like what is it about your guys's clubhouse? that just seems to, it seems to have this incredible vibe to it. We just have great people, you know, and, and we've accumulated more over the years. And Tony even told me, he goes, I wouldn't even, wouldn't even feel, you know, good about or feel comfortable speaking out in the fashion that I am, if it wasn't for the support of these guys and how welcome they've made me feel right away. And now all of a sudden, if you do, if you didn't know the Oakland A's, you didn't know our team, you would think he would be one of those, the longest tenured guys here. In fact, you know, in the, in, in the fact that he's speaking out in, in the fashion that he has and is so well-spoken. So it just goes to show you that, you know, how welcoming our group is and, and uh, how supportive they are to everybody in our clubhouse. And you get back to baseball, and you got the Houston Astros, and I, I don't know what the vibe is going to be like. You know, the last time we saw them, Ramon Laureano was going after their dugout. I, we know there's animosity between the two franchises, and right now you're in first place, and they're chasing you. I'm expecting a very interesting series. What are you ex expecting in Houston? Yeah, once you get on the field, you start playing the game, then it's just baseball, but it just feels like – you know, there's way more important things going on right now than baseball. We, we, you know, embrace the fact that we are entertainment and, you know, a sport going through difficult 
time even to just play a game right now with the virus and so forth. And then you take, you know, everything else that's going on. Um, you know, once you get on the field, it's just about baseball. But I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to what happened and transpired uh, in Oakland the last time we played because I think both teams understand what's at stake right now. Has there ever been a time in this shortened season where you have felt normal? No. And, and, you know, just when you start to feel like maybe you're, you know, getting comfortable with protocol and and so forth, then other events pop up. Um, So, no, I I don't think we will feel normal the entire season. And that's okay. Um, You know, we knew going in what kind of what we signed up for and a lot more things that we did sign up for are coming to fruition. So it's just a day-to-day proposition. You can't think too far out. You just have to understand what you're trying to do on a particular day and be be sympathetic to everything that's going on. You know, the one thing that you've been able to count on, and we can't talk enough about it, is how great your bullpen has been. A 1.88 ERA, which is the best in Major League Baseball, and you've had to go out and, and get them in early in games. And so many of these guys, night after night, day after day, you've called upon them, and, and they've done a great job. Just, you know, there's a reason you're 22 and 10. We can talk defense. We can talk about power. We can talk about a lot of different things. But right now, wouldn't you say the calling card of your 2020As is your bullpen? And not even a question. And, you know, now when you see our starting – starters go deeper in games and pitch a lot better too it was difficult taking Mike Fires out of a game at 90 pitches when he'd given up three hits and by you know and thrown the ball as well as he has all year by far uh, better than he has all year but we had a rested bullpen that night and it's just so easy to do with the results that we're getting and he totally understood it too and a guy that that wants to be out there and wants to try to actually finish games um, it has been definitely been the most consistent part of what's going on. You've seen some of the offense, you know, we've been hit and miss as far as that goes, even defensively at times, the bullpen has just been lights out and, and it's not just been, you know, a couple of guys. Usually when you have a good bullpen, uh, you save two or three guys who are your best guys for games that you're ahead. It's been contributions from everybody and, and needs to be because of the fact that, you know, when we started, uh, you know, the starters weren't going too deep into games. You know, you mentioned Mike Fires, and if you look at the team's overall record in games he's pitched, your winning percentage is well over 700. You guys have won like 36 of his starts. So whether he factored in on a win or a loss, when he takes the mound, your team wins. It's like win day. Uh, just just talk about ever since Mike Fires has been here, it's just it, it's incredible what your team has done behind him on the days he pitches. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, in, in an age where, you know, the win-loss record for starters doesn't count as much as it used to, it certainly does to him, and it certainly does to us. So you're exactly right. You look at the overall record and the time he's been here, and it's been great. And even at times when he hasn't pitched well, he's done just, just enough to, to keep, you know, keep us in a game and then get the bullpen in there and the offense supports him. So He's been a great fit for the A's, and I know he he really embraces being here as well. And the guy you got going today, Chris Bassett, has been so special for you also. He has. I mean, he's been the, the you know, the Mark Canna, the pitching staff, to where, 
you know, whatever we ask of him, he does. And he's really settled into starting role this year and a year when he came to spring training thinking, you know, I'm a reliever. And then all of a sudden was, was thrust into a starting role and probably, you know, at the beginning wasn't uh, as prepared to go deeper in games. And now you're seeing a guy that just, just gives the team a great feeling every time he takes the mound. He competes really hard, and I think guys embrace that. feel great uh, with him on the mound, too. You know, you were just in Texas, and they have their new ballpark. I just want to get your first thoughts. Uh, what, what was the new yard like? Uh, it was d- completely different than, than what we've played in before. It still seems like right now, reflecting on that series, it was kind of a blur. Um, but it, it's a new facility. It, it's not outdoors in Texas in August. It can be difficult to play, and when you leave there, you feel completely exhausted. Um so it was different in that respect. It's well done inside. There's a lot going on in that ballpark kind of to look at the field turf that, you know, you're starting to see more and more of. So completely different what we've, we've experienced in the past there. But I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a nice ballpark and we'll get a little bit more used to it the more we play in it. Um, but, you know, new facilities for, for teams, especially downstairs, uh, you know, as far as, you know, what you deal with in the clubhouse, uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, well, I almost fell out of my chair when someone said, oh, yeah, it's a pitcher's ballpark. I went, what, Texas, a pitcher's ballpark? But that's kind of refreshing to hear. It is. It's, you know, and you, know, you go out there and you see how big it is, and then, you, you, you know, during batting practice, you really kind of focus a little bit more on how the ball's carrying and how it's playing on, on the turf and, and trying to get a feel for it. In batting practice, it really felt like a more of a big pitcher's ballpark. And then there were some balls that went out of there, you know, uh, to right center field. And you're starting to think, you know what, maybe it does carry pretty well in here. And But I think overall the feeling is if you can keep the ball in the big part of the ballpark uh, as far as the pitchers go, you're certainly going to have a lot more success than you did in the last part. You know, I know the last time we talked, we talked about your outfield and just how good your outfield has been. And you mentioned Mark Canna. I mean, also Stephen Piscotty. I mean, the guy's got an RBI every single game. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked. He could be the American League Player of the Month. Talk about the talk about the month of August. Stephen Piscotty's had. Yeah, unbelievable. Because we, you know, we haven't been consistent offensively, and you know, what we, we win the other night on a wild pitch and a hit by pitch and and a Stephen Piscotty RBI. So. The one constant there is Stephen Piscotty over the month, and he's hit from the eight spot to the three spot. You know, he originally was in the two spot and then went to the three spot when Chapman ended up sitting out. So, you know, it's not easy to to roam around the lineup and still be that productive, but he is. And and man, what a what a godsend he's been for us here in the month. Because I don't know where we 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 wouldn't want we'd be less a few games in the win column if not for Stephen Piscotty this month. Yeah, let's end on this, and I don't even know if this is a good question because, you know, the time, you know, what, what, what we're going through in this country, what you guys are experiencing and you're doing on the road. Uh, today is Jackie Robinson Day. It's just, there, it's a lot of heavy stuff going on. But for the first time really in years now, between the Athletics and the Astros, you know, the A's have always been the hunter. Right now, you're the hunted. Is there a different feeling in this series right now, knowing that Houston now is trying to track you down when it's been the opposite for the last couple of years? Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, I think we'll have a better feel when we, we get out there today. But being Jackie Robinson Day, there's there's going to be so much 
uh, feeling, you know, uh, playing for him today that I, I don't know that it will feel like that. You know, the standings would suggest that. And, and, you know, we go out there and play knowing we're in first place, but man, I, I don't know that it'll feel like that today. I think it'll just be important to be on a baseball field and playing and trying to embrace that. Um, and then as the series goes along, maybe we'll get a better feeling for that. You know, you guys holding this together has been very, very impressive. And, and, and we went into this season having no idea how this was going to work. And at times it feels like we're hanging on by a thread. But what you and your staff have done with this team has been pretty spectacular. And I know we got a long way to go. But, uh, you know, keep it going, Skip. I know it's not easy. I appreciate it. So far, so good. You know, it, it is hard. But you know, based on what everybody else is going through in the world and people not having jobs and so forth, we're certainly lucky to be playing baseball right now, and I think it's not lost on our team. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. You got it. You as well. And once again, the Bob Melvin Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Big fans of the green and gold. And when you go get your mattress and you go get all the bedding and you get everything, Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. What's it going to look like today? What's it going to, because let's not forget the last time we saw these two teams, the A's swept the Astros. Ramon Laureano charged their dugout. Alex Centrone was, you know, the hitting coach that was, yelling stuff and uh, doing the old bring it on with his hand. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of bad blood here. The A's do not like the Astros. And let's be honest, I don't think anybody in the American League likes the Houston Astros. They are not a well-liked organization. To be totally honest with you. And looking at just some of the game notes, you know, Ramon Laureano was going so good. Since the suspension, he's just three for 31 with a .097 batting average, no RBIs and 10 strikeouts. That's not good. So that suspension has not been, but the rest of the outfield has just been, I mean, Piscotti and Grossman and Canna, they've been fabulous. The Astros have lost eight of 12 this season versus teams currently at or above 500. They have not played well against good teams. Of course, like I said, the last time the A's saw them, they swept them. Game on. All right, earlier today, they were talking about, and you heard from Buster that once this thing, once this thing started, it was, it was, it was, it was full go, full steam ahead. They're playing. They're playing the playoffs. They're playing the World Series. They want that television money. They need that television money. And all of us who work in baseball want them to get that television money. And they're talking about a bubble. 
kind of like, you know, the two different spots in hockey or what you got with the NBA. NFL is talking about it. Arlington and Houston would host the NL teams while San Diego and Los Angeles. Cody, does that count Anaheim or is this just Dodger Stadium and Petco? I think it's Dodger Stadium and Petco. This is from uh, Jeff Passan. Uh, he was on the Pat McAfee show earlier. Um, he was tweeting. He, I saw the video, but they were also talking about it. And um, I think it's just Dodger Stadium and Petco um, for the NL teams. And then obviously the, no, the AL is it the AL teams in Southern yeah, California? Yeah, AL teams in Southern California. And then Minute Maid and uh, the the Globe Life is it Globe Life Field or Park? I can't remember for the new one in Arlington. Uh, let's hear from Jeff Pass, and I want to hear what he had to say. The fact that they are now with no positive tests and with a month left in the season, they're going to bubble for the playoffs, Pat. It's Where probably going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's going to like uh, the plan right now is at the end of the season for the last week, even if you are at home, you're going to be staying in a hotel. And, and the reason for that is they want to essentially get these teams isolated from everyone so they can fly down to Texas or California. I think the NL playoffs are going to be in, in Houston and Arlington is the plan. The AL playoffs are going to be in LA and San Diego, perhaps. And they are going to, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to bubble essentially. And then the world series at this point in all likelihood is going to be neutral site, Arlington, Texas, um, not in stone yet, but players are, are talking about it. They're getting through the details that include, hey, are we going to be allowed to bring families in? And what are the protocols going to be? But I, I think at this point, a bubble is a fait accompli. And baseball will have made it through the regular season, uh, it, hopefully. And there, I, I would guess at this point, I'm up to 75%. They're going to crown a champion this year. Only up to 75%? Really? Yeah, I guess there's still some pessimism there with Jeff Passan. But that was earlier today on the widely popular uh, Pat McAfee show. Uh, the former. I've never heard of the Pat McAfee show. What show is that? Uh, he doesn't on. He used to be with Barstool. I forget who, where he does it now. I don't know if it's on Sirius, but he does a show and it's really popular. I mean, McAfee has like one point something million Twitter followers. The uh, former Colts punter, Western PA guy, West Virginia punter. He uh, he's funny. He was in WWE last week at a pay per view event. Uh, he's he's everywhere right now. So Passon was on there talking about the bubble earlier today. I I I honestly don't understand and remember i have talked about this and it's been a while these 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 media guys who have been so pessimistic like buster only was but buster's changed right we heard buster buster said hey listen once he realized, once he realized that the owners were going to be full bore ahead he now know i mean there are – it's unbelievable when you actually look at the true numbers, okay? The amount of people who have tested positive, the death rate, everything goes down. Hospital has Hospitalization down everywhere. I mean, you should see what it is in Santa Clara County. I mean, and, and he's like, I'm 75% sure we're going to get this in. Jeff, there's 28 games left. You, you guys predicted a way bigger outbreak than ever happened. They knew. They knew at some point some players would test positive. 
That's why they had the alternate sites. When's the last time we had a player test positive? Was that a Met? Like one Met? Yeah, I think it was last week. And the Mets were playing. The Mets and the Yankees played a doubleheader today. The Mets won the first game. And I think it came out today there was zero positive tests among players and two staffers. So it was like 0.02% of people tested uh, were positive. It was two staff members out of all of Major League Baseball. So that's another positive step in the right direction. Has anybody in hockey tested positive? Not that I've seen. I mean, the bubble for the NHL seemed to be working very well. Uh, What about the NBA? Haven't seen anything. I mean, you've seen guys leave the bubble, but there's been guys that have left and come back. They had a quarantine, but they've come back. But no, nothing Uh, in the NBA. They're practicing in the NFL right now. How many in the NFL? It's a good question. I haven't really followed as much of the NHL or the uh, NFL. Trust me, if there was was any kind of outbreak, we would know. Yeah, totally. Especially with the, I mean, the NFL. It's the NFL. I it's, that's this is why I don't I, I, I literally I don't understand how these guys who cover baseball for a living still to this point it's almost like they're rooting against the sport. It, it's it, it's it's mind blowing to me that you don't have professional athletes. First of all, we haven't had one professional athlete lose his life to COVID nineteen, thank God. Not one. That's a 0% death rate. Not one. Zero. And now no one's testing positive for it. Nobody. It's been a week. And we can give you the examples of the other leagues. And one of the top writers for ESPN is, I'm just 75% this away. Like, really? What facts, what, 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 what data are you giving your opinion on this? I just don't know. I mean, I literally, I don't understand it. And the problem is we're in a political year. It's a whole election. It's two sides are going to use this against each other and they don't care. It's just, it's, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I think, I think baseball and I think professional sports, for, for the most part, they've done great. And one of the reasons why is great leadership. And that's why every single time uh, we talk to David Force, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, or when we talk to like Dave Cavill and we do the build, we, we, we tell him, hey, congratulations, you guys have done a great job. And, and I think, David, you got to be so proud of everybody around you and Bob Melvin uh, his staff, your medical staff, as these were challenges they had never had before. And you're, and, and everybody with the A's and really the majority of everybody around major league baseball has done a really good job with this. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, it's all challenging. It is. It's all new. Uh, everything we've, I mean, man, it's been a long week. Everything we've faced, uh, has been, uh, has been a new challenge, a new protocol, you know, new, new things to deal with. And, and like you said, our guys and Bob and his staff have done a great job. Yeah. And supporting your players and the players deciding not to play a game. And I know, and I asked Bob this, I'll ask you, you know, this group and it's, and it's been like this for a while, this group is so close and you could see these guys, they're all going to bond with each other and, and they'll do this together and I think even something like this can even bring your group even closer. 
Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, I, I think I said this yesterday, this started, you know, well before opening day, our guys, uh, our guys got together for a pretty remarkable conversation and meeting and, and you know, around the Black Lives Matter uh, messages that were going out on opening day. And, and it's continued ever since. I, I know they've continued to talk about it. And, um, you know, and, and going into the game on Wednesday, uh, you know, Marcus expressed this yesterday. They, you know, they had some conversation. They just didn't have enough time. But it was on everybody's mind Wednesday and throughout the game. And, um, and they, you know, the minute that game was over Wednesday, they, they got the whole team together and, and hashed it out. And, and, and I mean, you think of what's going on around the country with the pandemic. You think about what we're talking about in society. And then all of a sudden, on top of that, now you throw in a hurricane and you weren't sure exactly where the hurricane was going to land and how close uh, was it going to be to Houston. I mean, it's just it's just one curveball after another for you guys. Yeah, it, it is. But it, it also speaks to the, the professionals we have handling things and and with the hurricane you talk about Nikki and his you know decades and decades of experience doing this and he's seen he's seen everything and then he was on top of this and you know the pilots and the airports all communicating and making sure we had uh, contingency plans to get from Dallas to Houston so and just, you know it shows when you have when you have really good people in place who, who know what they're doing and, and act like pros it it makes things run smoothly. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to, to those guys. You know, people keep bringing up the trading deadline. And, you know, obviously for, for us and the media, we have no control over it. It really doesn't matter. It, 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 we're so focused on just playing games every single day. Uh, but you have to get involved, obviously, and you're talking to other teams. Just tell everybody out there what this trading deadline has been like with communication with other teams versus all the years you've done it in the past. Yeah, there's an element of, uh, of you know, there's so much other stuff going on, really. We're going to throw a, a trading deadline in the middle of all this. <laughs> uh, but still, you know, our group's been great and, and working hard to, to do the research and crunch the numbers. And, and we're having, you know, there's a lot of conversation going on and, and seeing little, you know, little trickles of deals being made in the last couple of days. And it's, I'm not sure what it looks like between now and Monday, but uh, but trust me, everybody's finding a way to fit those conversations into all the other stuff that's going on, and um, and you know it's it's a little clearer now than it was a few days ago. You still got some teams that are you know kind of day to day with how they're playing and whether they're they're buying or selling, and that's going to continue through the weekend, as crazy as that seems. But um, but yeah, we're just it's just. You know, it's just one more thing that we're working on, you know, at the same time as everything else. You know, I didn't think about that. But, yeah, I mean, you could be a team right now on Friday. We might be in it. By Sunday, eh, I may not feel like we're in it anymore. I mean, you just got a couple days. (laughs) With communication-wise, I mean, do do, do you see, like, a team that could be a potential partner? Now you just got to see how they do the next three days? I mean, that's trust me, Chris. That's what we've been doing all week is, is <laughs> keeping an eye on the scoreboard to see. You know, there were teams, there were definitely teams on Monday that said, "Hey, we're going to see how we play this week, and then we'll let you know if you know player X and Y are going to be available." Um, and it's you know, it's sort of that minute to minute. And um, you know, I've had I've gotten texts from a GM whose team lost the night before and said, "Okay, we're ready to talk." And 
you know, similarly, a team sweeps a doubleheader and says, yeah, we're, we're going to hold off another couple of days. So it's, uh, look, it's, <laughs> there's only so many games to be played. And you're talking about everybody being a three or four game winning streak away from a playoff spot. So, uh, yeah, everybody's trying to manage it the best they can. Well, and I look at your team at 22 and 10. Uh, the bullpen has been incredible. Your defense is, is the hallmark of this team. Uh, the starting pitching has been getting better. Your offense hasn't clicked on all cylinders, and that just to be 22 and 10 and knowing that, I'm not sure you really need to do much at this trading deadline because it's kind of like once your big boys really get it going, I mean, you guys are going to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, that's a nice, it's a nice luxury to have. But exactly what you said. We've played, you know, we've we've played well. Um, our record is outstanding and we know there's, there's plenty of room for growth. We know we can get better, uh, which is, which is a good feeling. And like you said, the bullpen is the area where we've been outstanding and consistent starting pitching exactly has done better. Sean and Mike both pitch really well in Texas. Um, and you know, you, you gotta expect, you gotta expect the offense going to come around. I don't think Matt Olson's going to hit 178. I don't think Ramon Laureano is going to hit 208. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure Marcus Simeon's not going to have a 290 on base percentage when all is said and done. So, yeah, we're, there's there's better things ahead for the offense, which which is is good to know because it doesn't you know it doesn't mean we absolutely have to go do something by Monday, but um, but there's always there are always ways to get better. You know, we're we're in a numbers game. Baseball will always be a numbers game, but this year to me, what your season totals are really not going to matter to me all that much. It's kind of like just need to get everybody hot when the postseason comes because that's who wins in tournaments are the teams that are hot. It may not even be the best roster that wins it all, but it's the teams who are hot. Can you like kind of – I don't know how you put that into players' minds. Like, hey, you got to just forget about the numbers and just make sure that you're raring to go when the postseason hits. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's important to win over the next uh... – 28 or so games. I will say that like it, the way, the way this thing's unfolding um, it's great to be in the spot we are and feel very confident about making the postseason. but uh, you know, your position in that one through eight race is going to be important and, and who you play in that first two out of three games uh, is, is it's going to be meaningful because we know you run into a team, you know, with two, two tough starters, it doesn't almost doesn't matter what the rest of their club looks like. So we're going to continue to go out and, and try and win ball games, stay at the top of the seeding chart. But, um, but you're right. I think there's some solace to be taken in, in those guys who I mentioned, knowing that, Hey, everyone else is carrying us right now. I just got to get around September 26, 27. Is there a little extra juice for you when the ball club takes on the Houston Astros? <laughs> um yeah i mean look we've made no secret of the fact that that's the team that's the team we have to go through to win the division i mean they they're the reigning division champs and um you got to go through them and, and our goal going back to you know 10 minutes after the wild card game last year was to win the division this year and uh, ultimately they're the closest team to us right now and and Beating them only gives us more separation. So I, I think our guys recognize that. They, they know it's not, you know, that this game is meaningful. Yeah, you know, the last time we saw Ramon Laureano on the Houston Astros, he was uh, 
running at their dugout, ready to take them all on. Kind of, kind of tells you everything you need to know about how the A's team feels about these guys. Yeah, doesn't doesn't that feel like it was like months ago, Chris? I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe it was like ten days or two weeks ago, but man, that feels like a long time ago. Run differential. Right now, you guys are plus forty-one, which is a huge mark. Um, how much stock do you put in that in in that stat? It's one of those things that uh, that normally we pay a lot of attention to because over one hundred and sixty-two games, it 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 has been very meaningful, and and those things kind of even out in in an abbreviated season like this. I, I'm not as sure that it's is instructive as to, you know, what level of team you're, you're looking at. So, I mean, look, it's, it's obviously better to have the differential we have than not. And I, and I think in some of the extreme cases, I mean, you look at the Dodgers are, uh, you know, close to a plus 80 almost. And I think, you know, how good a team that is, but in, when you're in that middle ground right now and, and played 30 or so games and you're only going to play 60, you can, you can kind of fake it a little bit when it comes to run differential, but um, but it's still, you know, I'm pleased with where we are. I think, you know, third in the league in scoring runs and fourth, I think fourth in the league in, in giving up runs. So it's, it's a good, good place to be. Well, I just had to scroll down and look at the standings. The Dodgers are only plus 86. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, you said last year it was a great line. Ball goes far, team goes far. We know that. Would you like to see a little more contact front front from the club? We've seen a lot of strikeouts lately. We have. We have. And I think, you know, we know that the, the group knows that, you know, the, the biggest area where strikeouts are a concern is when you need contact to score a run. Um, and, and, and we've talked a lot about, you know, runner on third, less than two outs, how important contact is. And that's, you know, to be honest, that's the one place where you, 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 you're concerned about strikeouts. Otherwise, I, I don't know that it's necessarily an indicator of anything just in the normal course of play. But uh, I know Bob and Darren Bush have talked to the guys a lot the last couple of weeks about that specific situation uh, and trying to trying to turn course there because we have we've left a lot of guys hanging out there with with zero and one out. Um, where just making contact or obviously hitting a fly ball is the difference between uh, a run and not. Let's end on this. I, I know your number one priority, David, is to protect the group, to protect the organization, protect the players. That's the number one thing. And now we're hearing the rumors about, you know, because the bubble's working with the NHL. The bubble is working with the NBA. There's now talk uh, potentially a bubble with the NFL. So a bubble for the postseason, when you look at, okay, you'll put the American League down in Southern California, you'll put the National League in Texas. Do you like that idea? I mean, hopefully the A's are going to be in the postseason. Do you like that idea about a bubble for the postseason? I do. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, the, the other sports have had a ton of success with it, including MLS. Um, and I think, you know, our biggest obstacles have come this year when, when traveling. Our, again, our guys have done a great job, um, but but it's been it's been tough, and it, it takes them out of their routine and they're navigating new places. I, I think there'd be some comfort in just being in one place for the postseason, be able to focus, 
uh, on what happens between the lines and not have to navigate everything that comes along with the flights and the buses and the new hotels and new ballparks, things like that. So uh, I think MLB and the PA are working on it, and uh, it seemed, it would absolutely seem to make sense to me to do it. David, we always appreciate the time. Great stuff. Be safe with you and your family, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. Same to you and everyone else. David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Yeah, the bubble just, I, I Cody, I mean, the bubble to me seems, it seems smart. It really does. And I, it just, it, it just seemed like the players, they did, the players didn't want a bubble. But now I think the players understand if it's just going to be for the postseason that a bubble will work. All right, uh, we got a lot. Is this your fault why we're having such a short show and everything just seems crammed? I feel like I can't breathe. Uh, I don't know why it'd be my fault. It's a lot of great content we're giving people. And one thing on the bubble, I don't. The only thing I don't like, I don't like that the World Series will be played in it, the potential idea is the World Series played at the ball, the new ballpark in Arlington. I think that's unfair to the teams that are in the World Series. I think they should get to play at home. But if you're in a bubble, it makes sense. But why that? I mean, I know it's the newest ballpark, but. I don't know. I, I just don't. That's the only part of it I don't like. I, I, I have no problem with it. I have no, I have no pro. I mean, come on. Super Bowls are neutral, neutral sites. I, I, I think that's gonna. I think that's worked out for them. Do you think the Super Bowls worked out? If you're gonna do neutral, do San Diego. I'd love to see it at Petco Park. I don't care if the Padres are in it or not. It'd be cool to see that down there. Then yeah, see, but you guarantee yourself, I, even though San Diego. Most likely, or LA is not going to have bad weather. You're guaranteed games with a roof. True. That's the only thing I was going to say is that's the one benefit. That's the one thing, and they got that's a brand new facility, as Bob Melvin told us. You know, down below for the players, clubhouses, workout, and everything. It's a beautiful location. So I I, I don't have a problem if you're going to guarantee me that you're going to get four to seven World Series games for sure. Because you have a roof and a bubble, and it's in Texas, I'm all for it. Yeah, no she- rain delays, no not. I mean, no rain outs. You're guaranteed to have a World Series if it's got to be in Texas. I, 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 I. What does it matter? What, what does it matter? Well, because if you say home teams, now we don't have a bubble. Now we're flying guys to different cities. Yeah, that. So we're, defe- we're defeating the purpose of the bubble. And if you say San Diego, I mean, I, 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 you don't have a roof. It's just a reality. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't want to take up more time going into Blummer. So, just yes, our man Jeff Blum, the Blummer, joined us earlier today, getting you ready for Astros and A's. I know a lot's going on, but folks, we got a series to get into: A's, Astros, Jeff Blum. World Series champion, World Series hero, and now TV broadcaster for the Houston Astros. Here he is with us on A's Cast Live. Blummer, it's been a while since we talked. I hope all is well for you down there in the Southwest with your family and everything. I know these are trying times, and it has not been easy. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well. The fact that we're on talking to each other means that uh, there's a good series coming up, so hopefully some good baseball coming. But, yeah, we are good. Uh, the girls are back in school, even though it's virtually, and we were very, very lucky that Hurricane Laura went uh, a little more to the east, or else we would have been uh, beat up pretty good. But we're in great shape. Thank you. 
Yeah, I mean, I was watching that on the Weather Channel, and, you know, we know what you guys have already been through when it comes to comes with a hurricane so i yeah it was we it looked like that outer ring might kind of get to houston but the fact that didn't that uh and it also made it for the a's to be able to get into, into town and now have this series and the series is so interesting because we have such heavy times around us but we're still playing baseball and the a's and the astros they still don't like each other and the astros are chasing the a's i mean no matter what once once baseball starts, this is a, this is a big series. No, this is a great series, and it's kind of been one of those over the last couple of years where it's you know that that rivalry has heated up a little bit, uh, and then you add the Mike Fires uh, into the situation, and then you add the Laureano, uh, you know, into the situation, and all of a sudden you've got sparks flying, and you know the the baseball part of me and the broadcaster part of me actually enjoys the fact that there is kind of that heat between two teams that are very good and competing for a division title to get to the playoffs. You know, it adds all kinds of intrigue and stories to the whole situation. And hopefully it garners, you know, a, a very good matchup. But you're right, a lot has unfolded since the last time we saw the A's because they've been running away with the West the way they've been playing. Was there any time in your career where you said, you know what, I'm going to run at the other dugout and I'm going to take on everybody? <laughs> Um, knowing that my fighting skills are based on size and not reaction, I've never thought about doing that. No, it would have taken me, a, especially in Oakland, it would have taken me a half an hour to get from first base to the dugout, man. <laughs> I mean, I think that it, it's what makes me like Ramon Laureano. He's like a football player. He really is. He's a, he comes out every day. He's a tough guy. It's real. Like his presence and the mm-hmm. way he plays, I don't want him to change. It was just like, I've just never really seen a guy say, you know what? I, I'm, 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 I'm so far away from my dugout. I don't care. I'm going after these guys. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Never lose that spirit. No, you do love that about, uh, you know, certain guys out there and, you know, we, and that's one of the things that, you know, it's hard to explain when you're on the field. It's, you know, these guys are playing a game. Yes. But it's still, it is a, is a heightened emotional state that these guys are in. And like we just stated, you know, there is history between these teams, you know, battling for the first spot in the American League West. So there's that heightened intensity. And then you add, you know, when you add some personal conflict to that, you're going to get some emotion out there. And, uh, and if you've got a guy like Loriano, like you said, that's a little bit of a bulldog, uh, it doesn't take much to spark that fire. And you think about, and, and, and I haven't looked at the data on this, but I just know from the A's standpoint, they've been hit a lot this year. And it's partially on them because you got a lot of guys crowding the plate. You got a lot of guys taking big swings, trying to hit a home runs. Pitchers got to be able to throw inside. And even if you get hit by a slider and, you know, no one's trying to hit anybody with a slider. Just, you know, you as a hitter, at some point, guys get tired of getting hit. Even if you're crowding the plate once again, even if the pitcher has to pitch inside, even if you do get hit by a breaking ball, and sometimes guys just get tired. You get tired of getting hit. No, you you really do, and that's actually a really good point. There's a couple of things that kind of play into that for me, and it, it's a little bit different in 2020 because we have the expanded rosters. Uh, you know, you look at the Astros roster, they've got nine guys that have made their Major League debut on that pitching mound. So it's a combination of a league that is getting away from the fastball, getting on the spin, and it's, for lack of a better term, it's guys who are just inexperienced at the big league level. They, they haven't developed the command of some of these pitches, and they're getting away, and it seems to be that they are finding the Oakland A's. 
But you're, you're right in the sense that, you know, it's like sitting in the back seat with your brother and he's, he's going to poke you and go, ha ha. And then you're like, okay, stop, please stop, please stop. And then about that fourth or fifth time, you turn around and you, you give him a left hook and you knock him out. And you're like, okay, that's going to stop the situation. And that's what the A's are trying to do is stop the situation where they continue to get hit. So it's understandable. You mentioned how many guys have made their debut for the Astros this year. I bet you've never seen anything like this in your career. God, no. No, no, this has probably been the most challenging year, not just uh, as a player for some of these guys, but for broadcasters like myself. Uh, we, th- you know, we try to do as much homework as we can, but we're so far down into the minor leagues on prospect lists that, uh, you know, there, there's certain information that I, I can't even get my hands on to figure out who these guys are. That's just crazy. I mean, but that's how banged up you guys have been, especially for your bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen's been been crushed. Asuna came out early. Uh, he's going to be down, you know, for if not this season, maybe next season. Uh, Brad Peacock, Austin Pruitt, a guy they got in a, you know, they picked up in the offseason. Uh, you know, there, there's a handful of guys out there. Uh, Jose Urquidy, you know, we've moved guys that were going to be peripheral bullpen guys into the starting rotation. You know, guys like Fromber Valdez, Christian Javier, Brandon Belak. You know, these are guys that were going to be on a 60-man roster and possibly be called up. But with the injuries to the rotation and the injuries of the bullpen, these guys have been thrust into situations where, uh, you know, they're trying to prove themselves and cut their teeth at the big league level and not just do it at the big league level, do it in a competitive situation where you're trying to make a playoff spot. Yeah, and I think about this series and this rivalry and, you know, kind of for the first time, and I asked Bob Melvin this, and it's kind of hard to ask because we got a – you know, we got a lot of stuff going on in this world, but really yeah. it's the first time in a while that the Astros are not the hunted. The A's are now the hunted and the Astros are the hunter. We haven't seen this in the past couple of years. No. And, and, you know, when the dynamic shifts like that, it makes it a little bit interesting to see how the, the, the hunted, you know, the hunted becomes the hunter. How, how do they hunt? Are they able to go out there and hunt? And I think what's been great with the Oakland A's is that we've kind of watched this maturation process of a, of a good young core of talent. You know, the, the Cannas, the Simeons, the Chapmans, the Olsons, and a couple of key pieces mixed in there with, you know, Lazardo coming out and, and, and from the minor leagues and doing a great job. Uh, picking up a guy like Jake Diekman. Hendricks has, you know, developed into a great closer. So, it's been kind of, you know, fun on the outside watching this team develop and become a very good ball club. They win in different ways. They win with the long ball. They win with the closing out games with the bullpen. And I think they've done a very good job of being that hunter for so long that now that they're being the hunter, they really haven't changed their mentality in the sense that they're hunting wins. And that's what they've been very good at doing. And now it's up to the Astros with, you know, a little bit of a depleted roster but hopefully in the next couple of weeks they can get healthy and continue the fight in uh, the American League West. But it's it's been a lot of fun to watch what the A's have done. You know, we all know that Dusty Baker is one of the coolest guys of all time, and I uh, got to cover him years ago in San Francisco. And you really needed a calming influence. You needed a different voice. You needed a um, you needed a cool dude in the room. Just how has Dusty Baker been as the manager of the Houston Astros? Um, he has been very calming and, you know, he got his extension early, you know, the, he got the option picked up on his contract early in the season. And, uh, you know, for me having played a little bit and played with some great managers and some bad managers, 
I think the fact that they picked up his option early enough in the season kind of speaks to how he's handling things inside. And if he didn't have the backing of the team, the organization wouldn't have extended that contract. So it tells me he's got a pretty good handle on what's going on. But the way he's been able to navigate, you know, some of the injuries, navigate some using some of these rookies, and he's actually been fearless in the sense for me, and it probably instilling a lot of confidence in some young guys by putting him in some tough situations. You know, Enoli Paredes is a guy who comes out of the bullpen having pitched in a ball last year, but he's got an electric arm and he's been able to throw strikes and Dusty recognizes that. And now he's putting him in the seventh and eighth inning and relying on some of these guys. So it's kind of nice to have that, uh, you know, that parental figure at the top of the organization in some of these, you know, tumultuous times that we're in both on and off the field. You know, you're in a normal year where you got guys who are pitching an A ball <laughs> down in the big leagues. Oh my God. Yeah. You're kind of, you're almost relying on these guys. Some of these guys are going to be talented, but they're going to be raw. You know, some of these pitchers are going to be all over the place, but you know, to be honest, I think you're almost relying on the element of surprise. Because if you go out there and, you you know, you have a, you know, your hitting coach brings over, you know, Simeon and Chapman or whoever's going to come up in that inning and go, okay, this guy pitched an A ball last year. And all of a sudden you're going to get guys with their eyes are going to open up and go, what the heck? You know, what do you know about this guy? So, you you know, the element of surprise kind of helps out sometimes. Hey, can you imagine? Hey, can you give me his stats from the Lake Elsinore storm? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he struck, he struck out 90 in A ball last year. What does that mean here? Oh, yeah, that year he had in Rancho Cucamonga. You better watch out for this guy. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. That, yeah, especially, yeah, like, it's like in Major League. When he, you know, where was this guy last year? The California Penal League. <laughs> hey, I don't want you to mention any names, but as a player, when you know you have a bad manager, just how bad of a grind is that? Well, you could go back and look at the back of my baseball card and probably pick out one season in 2004 and uh, and realize that it was a rough year because of the team record and my personal stats. But there, if you, it's like anything. If you if you're going to a job where you don't like your boss or you don't like the atmosphere you're in, it is a grind, and you're just trying. To, you're literally waking up and going, "How do I just survive the day with you know with my mental state and emotional state still intact?" Yeah, that's what uh, that's why I think someone like Bob Melvin and Dusty Baker, and I know the two have talked uh, going into this series because of uh, all the stuff that's going on uh, in the country and around professional sports. I mean, as you mentioned, that you know, having the uh, having the adult in the room is is, is so important. I mean, because we're hanging on. By, I've been saying it all the time, Blumber. We're hanging on by a thread just to get these games in, and we're we're dealing. Yeah. I mean, you guys were just worried about, I mean, you're still dealing with COVID-19. We're now dealing mm-hmm. with, with, with all the issues in our country. My God, you just escaped a hurricane. I mean, you got, we got so much going on on a daily basis. If you didn't have that figurehead at, at the top of the chart who holds everything together, I can't even imagine what a clubhouse would be like. I'm with you on that, and it's kind of it's it's interesting that you do bring up guys like uh, Bob Melvin and and Dusty Baker because obviously Ducky Dusty you know coming up uh, through baseball in the '60s and '70s, uh, he's seen baseball a little bit differently. And then you've got Bob Melvin who's up in the Bay Area for most of his life and his career, and the things that he's seen not just on the baseball field but also off the field. I think that 
you know, these guys, managers these days are put in such a unique position where you've got a highly analytical data driven uh, mentality, but there's also got to be that humanity and humility and that person, that personality that has to be involved in the game. And, uh, you know, I think this, you know, the, the A's organization is so blessed to have a guy like Bob Melvin who, you know, isn't hyper emotional, really does a good job of, of grasping both the, the intellectual part of the game and the, the emotional part of the game. And we're at a, at a point now where sports is being melded into societal issues where they can take a stand. And Bob Melvin is, is a true professional in every sense where he's going to listen to every single side that he possibly can and also give an ear to some of those guys in the clubhouse who probably need it. And I think Dusty in the same way is going to you know provide a, a, an ear to bend if these guys need it, but also a calm influence and, uh, you know, some knowledge to back up how he's feeling and allow these guys to show their personality a little bit, which is really interesting in this day and age. Let's end on this. You just said something actually that's, that, that was very well put. And in there where you talked about analytics, with all the stuff going on, we really in baseball haven't really been talking about analytics. I mean, analytics has dominated our conversation the past couple mm-hmm. of years so much. Right now, I mean, it still is obviously with the players, but for us in the media, it's kind of like we're not even bringing that up anymore. How can you? 2020 has thrown everything on its side, and we don't know which end is up right now. We're trying to figure that out. And, you know, analytics are great in a normal season where you have predictability, and we are living in a world right now that is completely unpredictable. We always appreciate the time. It sucks that we don't get to see you, but it's always great to have you on. Be safe down there in Texas. Uh, I know it's not easy, but uh, uh, hopefully we'll get all this uh, cleared up and we'll have a normal season next year. But we'll talk to you again. But just be safe, be well, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, I always appreciate being on with you, Chris. Uh, all the best to everybody in the Bay Area. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're all moving through this together. We'll, we'll find a way. The great Jeff Blum. Coming up next, we have missed him this week. You can't go a full week without Ray Fossey. He'll join us next right here on A's Cast Live. World Series hero Luis Gonzalez was on A's Cast Live and discussed Bob Melvin's fear of clowns. Bowmill has a phobia with clowns, and uh, when he left us and actually went to the Oakland A's. We were playing, uh, they came over for a road trip to play in Tucson at the time. And uh, I, it was lunchtime and, and I told uh, our manager, I said, man, what can I do to get Bowmel? You know, we all love him, all the guys on the team and we missed him. I, I said, man, I know he's scared of clowns. So I called a, a, a place and said, hey, I need to try to get some clowns to come out to the ballpark. And they go, yeah, sure, no problem. When can you get them? And I said, well, I need them here in about an hour or two. And they're like, sir, we don't just have clowns sitting around here every single day. So I said, I'll pay double, do whatever. And actually the owner of the company, his wife and another couple went and dressed up as clowns and sat over the visiting dugout. And Bo Mel stayed in the corner of the dugout the whole time. So it was one of the funnier things that uh, that I've been able to do with Bo Mel. And he never lets me forget it every now and then. So uh, he still wasn't too happy about it. To hear the full interview and much more, go to athletics.com slash podcast. Hi, this is Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya has no hit the Red Sox. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. I can tell you, our next guest, he's not afraid of anything. Cody, play is open. 
<laughs> Wednesday is known as hump day for everyone during the work week. But on A's Cast Live, Wednesday means one thing. It's time for 30 uninterrupted minutes with the two-time World Series champion, two-time All-Star, two-time Rawlings Gold Glove winner, A's analyst on NBC California, and the face of the franchise, Ray Fossey. Ray Fossey, how are you? Tony, I'm great. You know what? A's Cast is so good. I was listening to that. I didn't know that about Bob Melvin. That's that's great knowledge, man. I, that's something to put in the back of my my memory bank and say <laughs> the next time I see him, you know. But uh, you, you know, um, um, Michael Young with Texas, he's the same way. He he does not like clowns. It was he was in a parade in a truck, and I think when they retired his number, and he went by the dugout, and all the guys came out with clowns, and he was just throwing stuff at them like crazy. So I don't know what it is about it. Maybe, maybe they, um, I mean, I, I don't know, but I did not know that about Bob Melvin. I'm, I'm glad I listened to that part about uh, when Gonzo and you played that part. Anyway, how are you doing? How's Cody doing? <laughs> We're doing well. It is It is kind of strange. A grown man is afraid of clowns. <laughs> and, like, and, 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 and people need to know, Bob Melvin's a big dude. He's like 6'5". I mean, he, he's yes, a big he is, yeah. man. So the fact that... Uh, He's a uh, he's afraid of clowns is uh, is pretty funny. Ray, um, it's hard to believe, but uh, it's Friday and the trading deadline is Monday. I, yeah. I don't know what the A's really need to do. I don't know if anywhere anybody's going to really do anything. I mean, I don't know how many organizations want to take on money with uh, so much uncertainty heading into next year. We have no idea what the season's going to look like. Do you expect really anything by Monday? Well, I, I think from the A's standpoint, I agree with you. I don't know that there's anything that the A's need. And, and you know, this is a different season, obviously, with, with just 60 games and, what, 67 days for the A's, if, if you count that first game and with the two games played on the Thursday night. But, you know, I remember when the Mariners, and they were playing so well with Edgar Martinez, and, and they basically said, just make a move to show us that you care. I don't think that's the case now. And I don't know about around baseball, especially now with the – eight of 15 teams from each league going to postseason. And, you know, you have 30 games to go and the way everything is going with the seven inning double headers, uh, it, it is drastically different. Now, I will say, when we were just, uh, the club was just in Texas, it's hard for me to say we anymore because they're not there. But, uh, you know, talk about Lance Lynn. You know, I didn't know his contract. I knew he signed for three and 30, but it was front loaded. Typically, they're back loaded. He's only owed $8 million for next year. And I say only, but... But in baseball terms, for a starting pitcher who is as successful as he is, if you got him for September this year and then next year, you might get something for him. Now, since the Rangers need pitching, as we talked before about Dylan Bundy with the Angels, why would you trade somebody that you know is going to be good for you and not Corey Kluber's status is going to be? But, you know, there's a contract that's doable for clubs considering, I mean, you look at Garrett Cole, and granted he's worth every penny of his $34 million annually. But, um, you know, I think with Lance Lynn, I think that that is, a, that is a good contract if somebody could do it. And, you know, they always talk about, do you take a rent-a-player for a month or two for postseason, last month and then postseason, and then worry about, you know, the next year losing him during free agency. But in the case of Lynn, that's a different subject. And I think also with Dylan Bundy, but I don't know that either one will be moved. Now the Rangers, 
they have, if you can believe this, Prince Fielder, they're still paying him this year. And I was told, I was told that his contract was not prorated like everybody else was. He's making the full $24 million this year. <laughs> you know, and, and then Sensu Chu, I think he's got either one more or something like that. So they have $50 million tied up in two players. So, you know, it's going to be interesting what they do. But from the A standpoint, I'll be honest with you. I don't know of anything. I think the five-man rotation is spectacular. I think the bullpen is, is beyond that. I mean, the way they've been up to perform, I think the way the players are mixing, matching uh, on the lineup. And granted, we're still not seeing the offensive production out of Olsen and Chapman and Chris Davis. And, and you know, from the catching standpoint, Murphy and now uh, Jonah Heim, uh, I, I still like to see them do what they're doing behind the plate and handle the pitching staff. So, you know, it, it, it's offense, but, you know, you and I have talked about this before, Tony. If you play good defense and you have excellent pitching, you're going to win a lot of games, a lot of one-run games, a lot of low-scoring games. You're going to win those because look at what happened in Texas. Except for the Lance Lynn game, the A's got into the bullpen of the Rangers in games, uh, second and third game, and look what happened. It, it was just a different story, night and day between the A's bullpen and the Rangers bullpen. So um, I, I just think because if you if you add, you have to subtract. And I do not know from the everyday players and pitching who you're going to subtract to make yourself better. I think David Force, Billy Bean, you know, I, there was an article and I didn't read it uh, talking about, you know, what they might do unless they feel there's some need, a certain area. Uh, but I don't know what it would be. Because um, I just, you know, Tony, I go back to, I think it was 2012. Remember Johnny Gomes was having a tremendous year and Manny Ramirez was in the organization and the team was in Minnesota to start the second half and he was eligible to join the ball club. And the A's made the decision to keep Johnny Gomes and not bring up Manny Ramirez. Johnny Gomes was going to be the guy that left. You talk about an inspirational leader, a leader on the field, off the field, in the dugout. I mean, he was tremendous, and he was going to be, I think, he was going to be the subtraction if Manny had come up. We don't know what would happen at that point, but the A's made the best decision I think I've ever seen in 2012 to keep Johnny, Johnny Gomes and not bring up Manny Ramirez, and the rest is history, especially winning the, the division the final day of the season. You know, can you imagine as a catcher, and we were just talking to uh, Jeff Blum of the Houston Astros, that they've had to use so many guys – and so many guys who have made their de debut. And he's like, we, we've even brought up guys from A-ball. Can you imagine if you were a catcher, Ray, for the A's? <laughs> and let's say you're a vet, you're kind of a veteran guy. And next, you know, you're catching guys that were in Stockton last year. Man. And, and you know what, Tony? I think that's one of the reasons that so many, so many hitters are being hit. And, and you know, even Laureano, when he got hit by uh, the Castellanos of the Astros, when that fight erupted because of the, the, the hitting coach, he was, he was instructing Castellanos walking down the first baseline, you know, get your, get your elbow up. You're getting down below and He's telling him how to pitch. So, and he hits him in the back and he wasn't wanting to fight, but then all of a sudden this happened over there. But, uh, but, but I think that's what's happening. You know, Joe Madden said it recently about the uh, kid Anderson from the giants when he almost, uh, <laughs> took Trout's head off a couple of times, you know, Joe Ben said, you know, kids shouldn't even be here. And I think there's a lot to be said about the control of a pitcher. So, and again, there's nothing wrong with a kid getting a chance from a ball to come to the big leagues. It's a great opportunity for him. 
But you know what the old theory is, Tony? If you can't pitch inside, don't try. Because if the ball gets away, you're going to cause some problems with yourself, with your team, your teammates. And, boy, that other team's going to be upset. Because I think at the major league level, it's such a minute uh, uh, control of the strike zone, in and out, up and down. I mean, you're looking at the ball. Either way, it could be a strike or a ball. And that's what makes it so, so tough on the hitters. But those pitchers, I, I, I read today, uh, they were talking about somebody, I can't remember who, but they talked about 700-plus innings, uh, Billy Upper, talking about 700-plus innings at the minor league level for, for a pitcher to pitch. You know, that's four seasons plus. And you gain a lot of confidence, a lot of control, but if you're rushed because you have good velocity, but you don't have any idea where the ball is going, and you're rushed to the big leagues, that's, that's a cause for trouble. And I, I think there's a big issue when that happens. And, uh, but I agree with you. If, if you're seeing guys coming up and, you know, it's almost like as a catcher, not knowing the control of that pitcher, unfortunately you say, okay, here's my target right down the middle. Let's see what you have. And, you know, you, you can't go to the corner because going to the corner, maybe a foot outside or going to the right-handed or, or uh, outside corner to a right-hander might be a foot inside. You just don't know what you're going to get. And that's why, the the, uh, the the amount of pitching at the minor league level is so beneficial, just like a catcher learning how to call a game. It's the same for a pitcher to be able to pitch the inning. So when they do get to the big leagues, they have an idea of what they're doing. Well, today is the day we honor one of the great Hall of Famers, Jackie Robinson, and yeah. what he meant uh, in society. And I, I tell everybody, if you're in Kansas City, go to the Negro League Museum and you learn so much, you know, like, as Jackie Robinson integrated baseball, it was it was a couple of years later. The military then integrated. I mean, what happened with Jackie Robinson changed a lot of things in this country. And I remember talking to the president of the Negro League Museum. One of the things that bothers me is that I think baseball is lazy because there's other guys that did the same thing. And I'm sure you came across the path of Larry Doby. Larry Doby did this. Yeah. Months after Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby is one of the great players. He's a Hall of Famer. He did this in the American League as Jackie was doing it in the National League. By the way, Jackie Robinson, Ray, in his first at-bat, grounded out to my grandfather. How about that? <laughs> That's a great story. And, and my you grandfather know, I, I... played against Larry Doby in the World Series in 48. But Larry <laughs> Doby was a seven-time All-Star, World Series champion, two-time AL home run leader, uh, in the Hall of Fame, in managing – and that's I'm going to want you to talk about him. But I, I just think if you went around to most players in Major League Baseball and said, OK, you know, Jackie Robinson, who was the second African-American yeah. and the first guy to do it in the American League? I bet none of them know. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's why many say that Larry Doby's number should be retired around baseball, just like Jackie Robinson's and a special day for Larry Doby. And, and some would say for Roberto Clemente for the the Latinos, and I remember talking to Steve Blass in Pittsburgh last summer. Uh, I did an extensive interview, which I think is being played on A's cast, but I asked him about that, and he said it was just a pleasure to play with them. He kind of sidestepped the issue, and maybe there's just been too much talk about it. But 21, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty impressive number. There's a lot of uh, Puerto Rican players who wear the number 21 in honor of the late Roberto Clemente. But I will say this about Jackie Robinson, and it's, it's a great point, and it's, you know, I was wondering – with the um, the suspension or the postponement of, of games, April 15th was the day in which he came up, and that was supposed to be the Jackie Robinson day. And I was wondering if they were going to have it, and lo and behold, yes, today is the day. 
when it is a Jackie Robinson, they're honoring him. And I'm glad they're doing it simply because, you know, this is, a, again, an abbreviated season, but they're taking that opportunity. But I'll never forget, and I still have an interview with the late Don Newcomb, who played with him in Brooklyn, uh, or actually in Brooklyn when he came up, and um, uh, in, in the minor leagues as well. And I said, why Jackie? And he said, because he could. And if you see the background of what Branch Rickey, you know, I was watching a little bit last night about Branch Rickey. It took about three hours to convince him to sign the contract because he knew what was going to happen as the first African-American player to play in the major league level. And, you know, I, but Don Newcomb said, God helped the person when Branch Rickey said, if somebody hits you one cheek and you have to turn the cheek and Nuke said, God help you if, you if you hit him on one side, because I don't know if you can stand there and let him <laughs> take it without being knocked down. But, you know, he did take it. Uh, and you think of all the great African-American players who have played this game. I think of Willie Mays across the Bay and 660 home runs, of course, Hammer and Hank Aaron, just to name a few, a few, uh, a couple of Violet Blue who pitched for the athletics, you know, the black aces alone, you think how much they appreciate what Jackie Robinson did because it was hard for him. And I think we'll all remember Pee Wee Reese of the Brooklyn Dodgers putting his arm around him. And here's the, here's a kid that came or uh, Pee Wee Reese came from the South and everybody said, what are you doing? You know, putting your arm around, you know, Jackie Robinson. And that kind of set the tone of a welcome to Jackie Robinson with the Dodgers and in, uh, in baseball because of what Pee Wee Reese did. But I think Jackie Robinson was, was great for the game. I mean, he was a talented player. And, and I think the biggest thing, like you said about the Negro Hall of Fame, you think of some of the great players who never got the opportunity. And we were talking about Satchel Page, what, age 59, and he's pitching <laughs> for the Kansas City Athletics, you know. And how many, how many times you think about Josh Gibson, the great catcher, and uh, um, uh, who was the guy that um, – I have we will kill the boys and him, but um, the, the 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 guy who he got to bed before the lights got dark or the room got dark, you know, uh, you know, just so many great players that we didn't get a chance to see, and I, I was happy to see the integration integration because it did allow a lot of players. You know, I roomed with Cito Gaston and Jim Holt in Venezuela playing winter baseball, and uh, of course Cito went on to have a great career with the Padres and managed the Blue Jays to back to back World Championships and. You know, it's just part of the game. We don't even we don't even think about it. And you know, anytime let's say a Japanese-born pitcher is on the mound, somebody says, "Well, he needs an interpreter." And baseball, you don't need that because there's baseball language. And I think it's the same thing. Nobody realizes the color. It's the talent that you have, and you play the game. And I think that's part of the game of baseball. But uh, Jackie Robinson started it all. I'm glad today or tonight. And today, all teams, all players wearing the number 42. Makes it hard on broadcasters. You kind of have to know who's out there. But uh, I think it's a great honor. And the fact that, that Mariano Rivera was the last to wear number 42 because it was grandfathered in. Uh, Dave Henderson wore 42 and with the A's. And then once he, uh, once he retired, that number was retired by the Athletics. And then finally, uh, the, the irony of the whole thing was that Mariano Rivera's number 42 was retired by the Yankees. And he went out to the monument area, and 42 was already there. But it was retired, and he was the last to wear. As a matter of fact, he signs an autograph saying, last to wear 42. Very proud of the fact that he was the last to wear number 42. And, uh, but I think it's a great story. I think it's, it's a great remembrance of one of the great players. And considering, you, you know, and um, Martin Luther King, 
I remember reading and hearing about how Jackie Robinson thanked Martin Luther King. And evidently, Martin Luther King said to Jackie Robinson, no, thank you for what you have done and what you're doing for America and the African-Americans. So it was, it was kind of a mutual appreciation for each other. But it was interesting that uh, with everything that Martin Luther King did, that Jackie Robinson was, uh, it, it was noted by Martin Luther King to thank him. And so, you know, we appreciate what he did. And, but I agree with you, Larry Doby probably should be right there along with it. Ray, you've been traveling your entire adult life. What has this year been like for you not logging all those air miles? You know what, Tony? I don't like it. Uh, you know, I like to go to the park. I like to be at the park to see what's happening. But I will say our crew on television, Delaire Lewis, our producer, and Tommy Edza, Mike Bird, Josh Hood, uh, on the television side, and then Michael Baird and, and Ken Korak and, and Vince Catron on the radio, it's seamless. It's unbelievable, you know, to be able to sit at the Coliseum and watch the game on the monitor and what they're able to do to make it seem like we're there. And, you know, you sent me a text after that first game. You said it, it sounded like you guys were in Seattle. And, and yeah. that, to me, is, is a credit to those guys in the truck and in the booth to be able to make that happen. But personally, it, it's just something about the ambiance of a stadium. Uh, I've, I've seen a whole bunch of stadiums throughout my, my blessed career in, in Major League Baseball. And uh, it, it is different, especially tonight we'll leave the Coliseum <laughs> and there'll be no traffic, nobody to parking lot, <laughs> go down and get my car and go home. I'm going, this is strange. It's very strange, you know, but, uh, you know, I, the traveling, the, the way traveling is done today, Tony, with the charters and, you know, Mickey Morbido is the greatest, greatest traveling secretary that probably ever was. Uh, the buses are waiting when you get off the plane on the tarmac and you go to the hotel. Well, you know, you, you've traveled. And, uh, but but it's, it's something that I think is missed. And people say that they know it's time to retire when you don't like to travel. That has never bothered me because the trips, and I learned from the late Bill King, you learn a lot. You can, you can read and you can do a lot during that time that you're on the plane. And if you have time, you can watch a movie. But there's a lot of work to be done and it's something that you enjoy doing uh or at least i enjoy doing whenever i'm on a flight like that but um you know i do miss it and and i hope we can resume to some normalcy because just like tonight in houston um when when the club is there for the weekend it, it's it's an exciting place the roof is closed it could be thundering and lightning and storming outside but the roof is closed and you got you got baseball going on and then go up to seattle you know, beautiful city there, just leaving Arlington. You know, I miss not seeing the new ballpark in Arlington, uh, you know, just because of that. Because, you know, we got to see it on TV. I talked to Chuck Morgan. He says, what do you think? And I said, looks great on TV. You know, but it would be nice to be there. <laughs> you know, it would be nice to be there. But, uh, you know, I, I miss it, Tony. But, um, you know, there's just something to be said about getting your car and going home when the clubs are on the road and not thinking about waiting for a bus or going to a hotel and sleep in your own bed the way we are. So, uh, but, you know, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I've had a, uh, uh, you know, I've been very blessed, as you know, and I've said it many times, to be able to uh, to work in baseball essentially my whole life. And, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, uh, even with the money that's being paid. I played at a time when it was uh, when it was a great time. So, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and I, I enjoy it. Ray, you are the best. I'll talk to you in A's Total Access. You know what? You do a great job. And Cody does a great job. And you know what? It will be great. So just do it. Keep going. Yeah, I, 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 Cody, 
Next time, Cody, you go in for a raise, you need you need your agent, Ray Fossey, there with you. I'll, I'll just take the recording every time Foss says, Cody does a great job. And just yeah. a montage. Well, he every- does, you, you, listen, Tony, and I've said it before, Cody gets the people, which is tremendous, but you have to do your research because you do a great job of interviewing them. And I've said that. So it's a great combination that you two have working. So, like I said, continue. You're doing a great job. And I finally figured out how to get on A's cast whenever you're saying it on the post game. Well, if you're listening, you can join. So I said, okay, here we go. I can listen. So I listen to you until I get home. So this is great. I, I enjoy it very much so. So you guys are doing a great job. It's a great, great team that you and Cody have. I mean, it's, it's, it's like we're the 72, 73, 74 A's. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hit behind the runner, Cody. Get hit behind the runner. Don't, don't uh, worry you know, about it. Ray, he doesn't believe in bunting. He doesn't believe no, in no, no. average. He doesn't believe in speed. He he doesn't believe in any. He doesn't believe in wins. He doesn't care about any of that. He cares about launch angle and spin rate. No, no, no. Exit no, velocity. No, no. Hey, listen, hey, listen, Cody. That seventy-four World Series game one. What were their four sacrifice bunts and that dumb catcher that was behind the plate wearing number ten didn't get a bun down and then had five. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I, well, now that now that we've actually seen that live, that was a bad look, Ray. I know, I know. I, I should have, you know. And I worked on it a lot because you know, hitting where I was uh, with with Dick Green down there, you know, that that was a job to kind of move guys around. Because you know, with pitching and defense, as I've always said, you've heard me say it, we don't need you don't need a lot of runs if you have pitching and defense, and that's what the A's are doing right now to help them be where they are, four and a half games of the Astro ahead of the Astros, trying to really make this a special two months in October and, and really do something special, but it takes pitching and defense. The A's have that as the A's have shown, because you know what, if they, if they were hitting, they'd be blowing everybody out. And, and they're, they're just getting just almost enough runs. They finally, they won their second game without a home run Wednesday. So Sunday and Wednesday, the only two wins this year of 22 that they've won the game without a home run. How about that? They have a great run differential, Ray. That's all I care about. They have a positive oh, run differential. On, that's how good they are. Hey, hey, Cody? By, the, by the way, Ray, you may have not got that bunt down, but didn't you hit a big home run in that series? Uh, yeah, Don Sutton. <laughs> hey, he, he, he didn't threw at you. Yeah, he didn't forget about it like 13 years later, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what? The, the, one of the best things that, that the great Monty Moore ever said, because he used to do the, the uh, programs, he said, Ray Fossey brought over to throw on base runners, and that's what I did. So, you know, I, I knew what my job was, and I think that's the important thing of baseball today. Anytime you know what you're capable of doing, you know what your responsibilities are, and you do those, and if you do those, then you're going to be fine. So I was happy to play on those, and I've got the rings to prove it. Thank you, Cody. All right, Ray, we'll talk to you in a few minutes. All right, buddy. Thank you. I have no idea what we're doing. Well, we'll see because uh, we, we got two minutes to wear out. So I'm going to play a truncated oh, okay. version of uh, uh, buying or selling. No music. This is off the top of my head because I didn't prepare anything because then we had Ray. What, uh, what, uh, what time is A's total access? 5.15. We're going to play David Forst now going into uh, total okay. access. Uh, so buying or selling, the Indians will trade Mike Clevenger by the trade deadline Monday. I'm selling. That's just dumb. It's all going to be trade deadline one. Buying or selling the Reds trade Trevor Bauer. Selling, and he's traded to the A's. He'd be a great A. Trevor Bauer would be a phenomenal A. 
I don't disagree with you. Remember, I told you I saw that video before of him talking about being a fan of the A's as a kid. If they get, if the A's get Trevor Bauer, what is your three? Because you're gonna need your your first series is gonna be three games. Who's your three? This might surprise you, but I'm gonna go Bauer. That's a big surprise there. Yeah, um, that's a shocker. I'm probably gonna go Chris Bassett because he's pitched really well, and I would go probably Mike Fires. Because then you can have Lazardo as the guy, out of, uh, the the bulk man, if you want him to pitch multiple innings, and like like Andrew Miller. There's your weapon coming out of the bullpen. Hot take. All right, your next one. Uh, last one. Buying or selling the Red Sox will trade JD Martinez. Well, all of a sudden JD Martinez now became more attractive because before. He didn't have a whole lot of leverage because there was only the DH in the American League. Well, now that there's a DH in the National League, now there's 29 other, and, and this is not going back. The, the DH is here to stay. That now means there's 29 other teams that he can go to. I'm going to sell. I don't think anybody's going to want to take – there's still a lot of money left on that contract, but he can still opt out after the season – which that's a possibility, but uh, I believe by Monday afternoon he will still be with the Boston Red Sox. All right, well, we're not on again until Tuesday at 3 o'clock, so we're going to be on after the deadline happens. Why so. we're not on during the – what's Monday? Wait, oh, we're off. Yeah, there's no A's game that day. So first off day in a uh, – a planned off day in a while, so we'll be back Tuesday, but that's, uh, that's Wait, it. When, when was the other off day? Well, they, the I'm talking about planned off days. It's the first one in a while. Oh, yeah, the, the, the off day, we, you and I still worked. We didn't have an off day. Yeah, well, Burr Bill Belichick, no days off. No days off. You'll probably still be grinding me on Monday with A's unfiltered or something like that. Uh, we'll see. But that's it for today. All right, we got McCullers Jr. up against Bassey coming up here. It's the A's. It's the Astros. These two teams don't like each other. This is awesome. Your chance to bury the Astros even more as the A's have been absolutely dominant against the West. Inside the West this year, they're 17 and 6. David Force coming your way here on A's Cast. And in about, eh, about 12 minutes, uh, 12, 13 minutes, we'll be back with A's Total Access. Thank you for listening. And we just got to thank everybody real quick. Uh, a great guest list by Cody today. We had Buster Only on. We had Ray Fossey. We had Bob Melvin. We had David Forrest and Jeff Blum. The GM next right here on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 